Welcome back to See Me After Class. I'm Mr. L. I'm Mrs. B. We have a very special guest. Very, very special guest. She's such a, she's a very good friend of mine, Miss B. Miss B, how are you today? I am excellent. How about you, Mr. L? <laughs> I'm doing good now that you're here. Yay. Uh, this part of the show I'd like to call, Who Are You? Miss B, who are you? Well, I am many things. I am a teacher. I am a mother. And yes, I have two boys. Um, One's just a teenager and the other one, yes. And the other one is going to go into fourth grade. Is it wrong that I want to say thank you for your service? (laughs) Yes. Yes, that would be correct. Um, Like I said, I'm a teacher. I am bilingually certified. In what language? Spanish. So I can teach English and Spanish. What grade do you teach? Uh, I currently will start teaching third grade. What grades have you taught is the better question. I've taught third grade, kinder, and eighth grade social studies. God, kinder. Good, great. Yes. (laughs) Love them all. I really, really enjoy uh, my job. I do. And I'm also certified, like I said, uh, bilingually, and I have a generalist easy through six. Ooh, okay. Uh-huh. Which means that I can teach any subject, which in elementary you basically yeah. do. You, ba- <laughs> you yes, teach all you the core subjects. Well, welcome to See Me After Class. Good to have you here. Thank you, Mr. L. Uh, it's a different perspective. Miss S, we'll say she's on sabbatical again. Right now we have Miss B. Is she better? Is she not? She's probably better. But we'll decipher that in a bit. I'm older and wiser. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Today's topic, Miss B. When I decided the topic for this episode, I thought of you because this topic is patience. With context of patience in the classroom. Now, I wrote down the definition, literal, of patience, if you will humor me a bit. The definition of patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. Now, as I read that, I can think of many a time when I could have gotten in the classroom angry or upset because of a delay or trouble or suffering. Would you agree? I most definitely (laughs) do agree with that. And it, you know, that definition does hit home because that's basically what we have to do every single Single day day in class (laughs) is, you know, be patient, be patient and take into consideration that every single day you are going to have delays. You are going to have trouble. You are going to have some kind of suffering (laughs) in the classroom. And it's not like, okay, well this happened yesterday, but tomorrow it's not going to (laughs) happen. No, yes, it's going to be okay. It's, Every day and multiple times a day. Uh, yeah, yes. It's not like, okay, well, we got this out of the way at 8.30. <laughs> no more. The day's going to run smoothly. Smooth sailing from here. Yes. You know, <laughs> that I'm, doesn't yes. happen. No, it doesn't. <clears throat> so we, I like to say I box the topics, Miss S would say, bucketed. But we don't bucket here. We box. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. <laughs> First box. In order to have patience, you need understanding. First subtopic in that box you told me setting expectations and or boundaries what does that mean what does that mean that means to me and and i thought about it because having an understanding of students where they come from 
mm-hmm. and what is their background in order for you to set those expectations and those boundaries because they might not be used to certain boundaries or, or even certain, having them at all or even exactly or even having them at all because of their home environment how would that differ in the second or third grade as compared to eighth grade because i can tell you in eighth grade they need to be bolded underlined italicized and 45 font the expectations and or boundaries is that different third second grade no it's not <laughs> and i'm gonna be honest with you i went from teaching eighth grade one year to the following year going to kindergarten Ooh. and it was the same thing the kids were just less hormonal <laughs> but it was the same thing it was repeating 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 uh-huh. the same thing and uh, setting up the expectations, following procedures, uh-huh. and and telling them, okay, it's okay. But in when... order to do those things, I apologize for interrupting. Yes. In order to do those things, you need patience. Yes, yeah. you do. And that's where the repeating comes, uh-huh. that it's okay. You're going to repeat yourself, but you need to be able to go through those little hard spots in order for your classroom to run smoothly. smoothly. But yes, it does set expectations. And the most important is boundaries to Mm -hmm. where there's times where I'm going to joke around with you and we're all going to have fun. But when I say it's time to get to work, we mean business, we mean business, (laughs) especially Miss B, because she's a mom. And I don't know about other moms out there, but she means business. (laughs) Yes, I do. But I do it in a kind way with patients that I know that I'm dealing with children. Let's be for real. Is it kind (laughs) <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> You're giving me those eyes, but yes, yes, it is. Um, with the understanding that you do have to be patient, you yes. know, that it is going to be hard. You are going to have to repeat yourself, but like your definition says, you know, that you have to know and accept that there is going to be delays, there is going to be trouble, there is going to be all Inevitable. of those things. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Second subtopic is being genuine important for patients i think so because kids can tell when you're not being genuine they can smell it a mile away would it be accurate to say they're little lie detectors yes (laughs) that is very very accurate and because we're professionals i'll say the acronym but they'll tell your bs when when it's they'll they'll smell it of course (laughs) and they can read you they can read your body language because you might be saying one thing but your posture and the way that you're approaching them is telling them something completely different. So you do have to be genuine. You do have to put yourself in their situation, and that goes back to understanding where they're coming from. Yes, and to be genuine, you need to say, do what you say and say Say what what you you do. Yeah. Like basically, you and when you say something, well, like basically, for example, I'm gonna, nobody can use their phone. Okay, well, my phone, and I show them explicitly, my phone is on the desk, face down, and it's on vibrate. I don't need to be on my phone, neither do you. I believe that's a part of being genuine. Yes, and going back to the expectations. (laughs) It goes back to, this is what I expect from you, and this is what you should expect from from me. me. That way, it's not a surprise, the consequences to their actions. uh, When I redirect your behavior. Yes, look at me being a good teacher. Look at us being good teachers. Third subtopic. When you're speaking to students, do you make eye contact? Yes, I do. Because I feel it's respectful and the subtopic title, actively listening. In order to have patience in your classroom, 
when you're talking, if you expect them to look at you, I feel it goes both ways mm -hmm. in order to get the consistency of expectations mm -hmm. and the genuineness yes. to actively listen. What mm -hmm. do you think? I think that you are absolutely correct. You have to, because even us as adults, we want someone to be paying attention to us when we are talking and they expect that because well, some kids, more than others. Well, because <laughs> kids, you know, the whole world revolves around them. That's, yes. you know, it's me. So, I okay. What well, does that world. change with kindergartners? No. It and that's why I say that it's, there was the exact same thing. I can tell you that eighth grade, when we used to teach eighth yes. grade. By the way, we worked together. Yes. Funnest, oh, funnest. Wow. Let me use my education. <laughs> Most fun year was working Ever. with this Ever. lady right here. Okay. The kids would be like, oh my God, I can't concentrate. I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? You know, because we need to take notes. We need to be active. What's yes. going on? So-and-so doesn't want to be my friend. I saw her in the passing period and she was like, I don't want to talk to you. I'm so upset and now I don't know what to do. <laughs> Same thing. I'm doing my little rounds at their centers. So-and-so doesn't want to be my friend. Okay, we go from a 14-year-old having problems because she doesn't want to be somebody else's friend to a five-year-old having the exact same problems. Isn't that fascinating? I, I feel being the psychiatrist, that's fascinating. Like, I feel like that's, people might think like, oh, eighth grade to kinder might be completely different worlds, which sometimes they are. Mm -hmm. But as far as the human being goes, it I guess it doesn't really differ. No, it doesn't. Because <laughs> guess what? They're, they're, they're kids. They're kids. They're still kids. And that's what some teachers forget. That just because they're taller and bigger doesn't mean that they can think like adults. So my one mistake that I made was that because they're older, they're always going to listen. Like, oh, well, they'll, they'll know better, which was a huge mistake. Yes. Considering background and cultural experiences, it was a little tough. Yes, yes. And <laughs> Having that in my mind. Yes. And expecting that, but yes. without explicitly saying it. I feel was my mistake. And I think that we all kind of make that mistake when we're working with older children. What about zero year teachers? For those of our audience who have not started teaching, will probably start in the 2021 year. What would you say to them in about patience? About patience. That it's something that we all have to work with. Yeah. And it's a, con like I said, it's a constant thing. But I honestly believe that if you in your normal every day life don't have patience, <laughs> teaching is going to be a difficult career it for might, you. It might it, be, there might be some hurdles. Yes. You. There might be some discrepancies yes. in your daily life. If in your normal life, you are not very patient. Patient, yes. And you cannot deal with the delays and the troubles. <laughs> the trouble or the suffering. Suffering, exactly. In a healthy manner yes. in front of 30 kids. Exactly. Thank you for that. Very wise. Uh, second big box topic, having empathy in order to create patience or to have patience in your classroom. And I feel it's been a huge kind of push for empathy, but... Maybe people don't really, yes, and, I made my own mistake. Yes, and people aren't really sure what it looks like, smells like, feels like in the classroom. So the first point that I made is to recognize emotion. And in order, I feel in order to do that, you need to be able to recognize emotion in yourself as a teacher and then 
basically, for example, me and Ms. S talked about this, if the student had a very bad experience in their previous period in, in middle school, and then they come to your classroom, it's not against you, mm -hmm. basically not taking things personally, but it's not against you, but they're just not being themselves. Mm -hmm. Having empathy means, <clears throat> excuse me, you need to recognize that their body language changed, their idiosyncrasies changed, that in their inflection changed. So instead of taking it personally and like, why aren't you doing this? And you need to be doing this. And why, and why haven't you done this? You kind of take a step back. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're acting a little bit differently. Is something wrong? Kind of like what you exactly just said. Is something wrong? Mm -hmm. And usually in an ideal world, in utopia, yes, it's because... You would have the time within those 45 minutes <laughs> to take care of that problem, <laughs> teach, test, yes, and keep everybody else engaged. Yes. In an ideal utopia, again, recognizing emotions. What would you say about that? Well, in order, first of all, in order for you to recognize the emotions, you need to know every single one of your students. Yeah. That is yeah. the key point. Because if you, like you were saying, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? To me, that sounds like a teacher that is not taking the time to know their students. Because before you even start teaching, you're in front of that class and you should have already assessed everybody. They're sitting down, you know, they're looking at you. What are they doing? Are they, you know, are they ready? And if they're not ready, then that means that there's something wrong. And that's when you have to target those students. Maybe start off your lesson, get everybody else engaged, and then approach that student, get close enough to them and say, okay, what's going on? Is everything okay? Do you want to go outside and, you know, speak for a little bit? What's going on? That in and of itself is very impactful, I feel. Very, okay, it would be, is it... Would, would it change? change? I've never been in a kindergarten class. Does that, it, does, it doesn't change? It doesn't change. <laughs> it doesn't change. You still approach that child, like you said, as a human being, not yeah. as a five-year-old that you're going to boss and, you know, crowd over. <laughs> right. No, you go up to their, you know, their table and you say, okay, what's going on? Come over here to my table. Did someone bother you? Just tell me what's going on. And they'll let would you, you know. Would you say the language changes? Like the, the way you ask or probe, maybe? Um, the language doesn't change. I think my tone of voice does okay, change. Okay, okay. I think that with the little ones, I'm more of um, a little um, bit softer uh -huh. spoken. And I use myself a lot more. I would say, uh, you know, when Ms. B gets upset, this is oh, what okay, you okay. Know, she does. Or this is what I do. Well, wow, arguably... I do the same thing. Uh, my, my, the context and semantics maybe change a little bit, but I also say, well, when I'm angry, I do this too. Or when, when I'm angry, so I see it in you as well. So are, is this true? Like, I don't know what. Wow. Yes. it's And like I said, it's exactly the same thing from an eighth grader to a kindergarten. Which I feel is a good segue into staying away from judgment is a good practice of being empathic or having empathy. Don't judge off of face value or what it, what you see in front of you because there's mm -hmm. more than likely 99% of the time something deeper. Mm -hmm. Of course, would, yes. I mean, would you agree? I totally I agree with that because a lot of the times the kids don't tell you what's going on for fear of judgment. 
because it's happened to them before. Like something that they did or said, you know, in the last period uh-huh. and the teacher judged uh-huh. or the students did that. Yes. And then they hold that, you know, in themselves mm-hmm. and they don't want to sometimes open up and actively yeah. say what's going on. And that's a big part of, you know, having empathy. And our main topic is patience because it's going to take some time yes. for you to break through those little habits that yes. they have. Because it doesn't happen instantaneously exactly. for our zero-year teachers. Yes. We're both very experienced. It does not happen overnight. And you cannot get anxious or frustrated when the kid, student, child, whatever you want to call human being in your whatever grade you're teaching doesn't open up. And I think... Automatically. Automatically. And I think that a lot of the teacher courses, or at least in certain states that they have what they call their blocks uh-huh. and, at the university, yes, yes. and that they make it seem like you're going into the classroom and this is what will happen. Like if it's yes. script, clockwork. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. And it's it's not a script. You know, you don't say, Johnny, why are <laughs> you tapping the pencil? I say pencil? Bobby. I say Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, you know, what's the most common name? Johnny, <laughs> stop tapping your pencil and stop. And Johnny's going to stop and oh. never tap the pencil ever again absolutely not. and it does not happen like that and i think that that's <laughs> what a lot of first year teachers encounter mm-hmm. is that they're focused on what they learned in college going yes. through the education program <laughs> that everything is set up in a perfect setting to where the teacher can bring the student outside the classroom and the other students are going to be sitting down <laughs> quietly doing their work minding their own business so, it's funny that you say that because in a previous episode, I've said there are great books with information in them out there about education, about teaching, about lesson planning, about discipline, about grouping, all those things. Reading the book and studying and maybe even shadowing a teacher is one thing. When you are by yourself in a classroom mm-hmm. with 30 human beings mm-hmm. is a completely different thing. Individual. You know, and they're all, they're, okay, yes. don't get ahead of me. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. <laughs> the last subtopic is communicating understanding. And by that, I just mean when and if the student does divulge some sort of event in their lives that happened the previous period or maybe something deeper, you want to communicate understanding with phrases such as that must have been difficult for you. Uh, it sounds like you needed. So what I'm hearing is sort of, you know, the kind of maybe when we roll our eyes, when administrators might say like, Mm -hmm. well, it sounds like, but it really is a good communication tool Mm -hmm. to further the the conversation. And that's practicing empathy. Mm -hmm. And it works wonders because I've done it for the past three years for communicating with your students. Mm -hmm. Now, does that practice work with the little ones? Yes, it does. But to them, it's more of, I understand. Uh-huh. Okay. I okay. understand what you're feeling, or mm-hmm. I know what you're feeling, mm-hmm. or I know what you're going through. I understand yeah. it. Those are the words that I would use for them. Mm-hmm. Going and tying it up to patients, you know, a lot of the kids that are going to t- test your patients is the, um, the repeaters. You know, the the ones that it's the same thing. And you're like, but we had this discussion yesterday (laughs) and the day before yesterday. Why can't you remember? Why can't you listen to me? Yes. Yes. But eventually they will get it. 
Yes. Eventually they will. And eventually they'll start to know, okay, she says she understands, so I shouldn't be acting this way. Right. Because she understands where I'm coming from. Well, see, what I communicate is with like that sort of situation, I say, Bobby, Bobby, do I deserve to be treated this way? Do you think I deserve to be treated this way? And all kids are wonderful human beings. You just need to tell them they are. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And they will perform for you and understand like, hey, I am a good person. No, he, she doesn't deserve to be treated this way. Let me keep it together. Get it together. Make an effort. Yes. yes. Doesn't happen overnight. Again, I want to yes. reiterate that. It yes. doesn't happen overnight. It's when the student starts to trust that you are not like every other teacher that they've had, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Exactly. Going back to setting the expectations and boundaries that in you order know, to it's have patience in your classroom. Yes. yes. Third big topic, the one that you had just said a little bit ago. Each student in your classroom is different. Is a completely different human being with completely different needs. And, and emotions. Teacher, and, and emotions. And the teacher, he or she, needs to identify that. I like when you said that. Identify that the moment they walk in. 30 human beings, the teachers scan the room and can tell immediately who's not acting the way they usually act, mm -hmm. who's not... What? Who's being not, themselves, Yeah, who's basically. not being themselves. So the first thing, never in all caps and underlined. Never think that one way is going to fit all of your students. Exactly. Would you agree? I totally agree because <laughs> the way that I can speak to Johnny does not mean that I can speak to Mary in that same way or in that same tone. Or Bobby. Or Bobby, exactly. <laughs> and you can say the exact same thing to two different students and they will get it differently. Like yes. their perspective of what you said is completely different. Yes. And that's one thing that we have to understand that you do have to get to know your students, yes. you know, and it seems one like- One by one, exactly. each one. Uh -huh. And it seems crazy when you have, you know, 120 students, 150 yeah. students, yeah. when you're in the junior high. And when I first moved there, I thought, I'm never going to connect <laughs> with all of these kids and I'm never gonna know their names. It's over, it can be, it will be overwhelming. Yes. It will be overwhelming. But if you make the effort and yes. you have enough patience to do that, you will And she pointed to the word there. patience, exactly. yes, she did. You will. <laughs> get there and yes. you will get to know each and every one of your students yes very good miss b look at you Thank very you. wise uh treating each student in a different way will be can be done in an environment that you create that is welcoming and safe and patience is easier done in a welcoming and safe environment now miss b how do you create that in a, in a nutshell, how do you create a welcoming, safe environment? Going back to um, in the beginning of the year, setting up your expectations. You already did first days of school. Your, yes, your your boundaries. Starting off the same, mm -hmm. that first day, not so much with content, but uh -huh. more with procedures. Yes. This is what I expect from you. This is what you're going to expect from me. me. I respect you. You respect me. That is how we're going to continue to learn. And it's a safe environment. And you can tell me how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And I am going to tell you how I feel when you yes. act a certain way. It's a two-way street. Yes. And I think that I was able to keep up that communication with my big kids because yes. 
I set up those expectations from the very first day. You're not going to come into my classroom just like that. You're going to shake and my hand me, and you're going to say, there. I was good there morning, when she did it. <laughs> good afternoon. And they would look at me like, what is wrong with you? And it became a thing that every day they would shake my hand and go in and yes, Ms. B, and they would come in and get to work. Of course, every teacher has those students that are always trying to test you. Yes. But guess what? You need to have patience. Those and are the ones that need that the need, most help. Exactly. The most assistance, the most guidance, if you yes. will. And a side note, yes, students in my class would say, Mr. L, I'm going to move to Miss B's <laughs> class because she's better than you. And I would say, yes, she is better than me. You really definitely should go to her classroom. And then I would be like, no, you're staying with Mr. L. That is your class. No, thank you. Bye. No, thank you. <laughs> the last box that we have is something Miss B told me that I had an epiphany about. And that is you start each day with a clean slate. First subtopic in that box, don't hold grudges. They are just kids. Exactly. They're just kids. They don't know any better. Having you set the expectations in the first couple days of school, first week of school, if you will, you're the adult. Having grudges is just going to be detrimental in order for you wanting to create a safe, welcoming environment, in order for you to have empathy or understanding. And, and be it, an effective teacher. And having patience for your students, I feel. What do you think? I think, and I truly, truly believe in, in that because... Like I said, you know, me as a parent, I've had trouble oh, oh, with my oh. own kids that their teachers <laughs> will hold grudges and they'll be like, oh, here comes, you know, so-and-so. And I'm like, really? Because that's my kid. Right <laughs> you know, that they'll get stuck on that one bad day that that child had. Right. And from there on, that child cannot... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? There's they, no... They, there's no, like, getting past that yes. point they're stuck there into being that problem child because they had a bad day and let's face it everyone has a bad day yes every now and then and even every adults. day even adults so every day you're going to start off you know a brand new day with good morning yes. how are you let's get started and not mention what happened yesterday because i've seen a lot of teachers unfortunately yes. that as soon as a child <clears throat> is coming in at 7 45 in the morning here we go here we go johnny are we going to have a good day today? Because I don't want for it to happen like yesterday. And Johnny's like, I haven't even had breakfast. You know, my mom rushed me off to the yes. school bus because she was running late to work. And here's this lady meeting me at the door and telling or me. Or sir, lady. Or, or sir. sir. Yes. Here at the door telling me that if I'm going to have a good day. Well, you know what? Now I'm not. It, exactly. Now You've I'm not. defined the day for little Johnny exactly. and or Bobby yes. or Mary <laughs> or, Mary. or <laughs> Sally. <laughs> You've defined the day for them. So you know what? They're going to be angels in everyone class, everyone else's class, except yours. Because you're already setting that negative expectation yes. of them. And if you define them as being uh, insubordinate and not following expectations, then the student will be insubordinate mm. and not follow expectations. Exactly. If you have high expectations and say, Johnny... <laughs> Bobby, Sally, Mary, 
we're going to take it that we had a bad day yesterday. Today's a wonderful day. Good morning. How are you? Are you doing better today? Did you eat breakfast? Yeah. Like kind of just changing the, I said this before, changing the energy of mm -hmm. the day. And even in the classroom, when you have them in your classroom, if you show them that, hey, look, I understand mm -hmm. that you maybe had a bad day. Some, something was going on. I don't know what. Today's a new day. It's a different day. You're a different person. Mm -hmm. A different chance. Always those multiple chances. And to bring a point to that, I would, when I was in eighth grade, or I wasn't, I was teaching in eighth grade. <laughs> when I taught eighth grade, I really wouldn't bring up what happened the, the day before. Okay, uh -huh, uh -huh. I would bring it up at the end before they would leave my classroom. Okay. I'd be like, hey, you had a better day today. That was yes. awesome. I yes. wouldn't start off in the morning, yes. hey, you know, how are you? Are we going to have a better day? Or, or yes. It was uh -huh. always at the end, and I, it was always with a praise. Right. Hey, is everything okay? Because I noticed that you did better this time around. Mm -hmm. Is it okay? Are things back to normal? Yeah. You did awesome. Have a great day. Remember, if you need anything, I'm here. And that would just be it. Acknowledging, and scene. Yes, and scene. <laughs> Acknowledging that, yes, I didn't forget but I didn't bring it up in a negative way. So I'm the aware student, of it, exactly. But I understand and have empathy and understanding and yes. patience and that patience, you're yes. a human being. Exactly. The last thing, one last thing, please do not label students to other teachers. Like, I think you kind of touched on this a little bit, but don't tell, I'm not going to go tell Miss B, ooh, you're going to have some, a great day, very sarcastic, with Johnny. Ooh, he's going to make your day, being very sarcastic. Because you know they hear, and mm -hmm. you know their friends are going to tell so-and-so, and the kids always talk. Please do not label the students to other teachers because, again, it is just very debilitating and embarrassing mm -hmm. for students. And in order to create your welcoming, safe environment, to have empathy and understanding, you are not showing, you're not being very patient with that student. No, because honestly, <laughs> once you get that, and it's happened to me before, to where in the beginning of the year, I will have, you know, a teacher come by and say, oh, let me see, what kids do you have in your roster? Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. You have Johnny? <laughs> oh girl, you're going to have to be calling mama every other day. That boy cannot sit or listen, Guilty. blah, 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 blah. I've had So that then too. I get Johnny in my class and my patience is already running low because I'm already expecting yes. those behaviors. Yeah. So any little thing that Johnny's going to do is going to be 10 doing? times worse yes. because I'm like, oh, I'm already on the, on the edge. You're on the yes, edge. Yes, I was going to say offense, because, but I don't know about sports. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're expecting it. Yes. So I would always get judged. And, and the elementary teachers are more childlike sometimes <laughs> they do tend to act like the you know the student's age they would be like oh my god miss b she doesn't even let you like tell her about her kids i don't need you to tell me who's coming into my classroom guess what by the end of the day i will know who is because each i know what i'm doing <laughs> exactly so i don't need you to tell me that mary is going to be falling asleep every 30 minutes that johnny can't sit down you know, that Sally tends to talk to everyone, even the walls. I don't need that because I will find that out on my own. Exactly. But if you tell me, I feel that if you tell me who the kids were the, with them. The, and I hate this, the, the quote problem kids, the, yes. the quote uh, calling parents every day kids. Yes. Uh, I always say if, if you have an opinion, 
That's fine. It's wonderful. It's none of my business. I need to create my own. And see, I explicitly say that on the first day of school. I don't care what you did last year. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you were. You're a completely different person. And I feel that that's... It's starting fresh for them. Yes. It's starting fresh because, yes. they're, they, you know, it's someone new that is not judging them yes. on what they've done before. And that's the thing that when, whenever you're listening to other teachers give you, you know, the rundown of the kids, it's like, wait a minute. It was a different year. It was a different teacher. It was a different environment. You're not being being very patient. <laughs> exactly. And and I feel that once they, they pass on that to you, I think your patience does run low. It poisons low. the well. Yes. It poisons the well of my patience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of it, any teacher's yes. patience. Exactly. Look at you, Ms. B. I know. <clears throat> Our topic, patience. I like to have clear expectations and concise with my information. <laughs> we talked about having understanding. We talked about being empathetic, being having empathy, treating each one of your students differently because each one is a different human being. And finally, starting each day with a clean slate. Yes. Teachers, please. And I feel if you don't leave with anything, you didn't hear any of what we said, you weren't actively <laughs> listening, listening, please take away the do not label students to other teachers just because it's a good rule of thumb. Yes. It's just a good methodology it's, to it's, have. It's, it's a, being a good teacher. It's being a good person. And it's, you know, you got to put yourself in that situation. Yes. Again, as a mom, I don't want my <laughs> third grade teacher's son telling his fourth grade teacher, oh, my God, Ooh. so-and-so is coming. You know what I mean? Yes. And set that up. I, I don't do that to my students, so I don't do that. I don't want that to be done to my kids. And I teach that way, that whatever I don't want for my kids, I don't want for my students. You know, whatever I wish for my kids, I wish for my students. You know, and how I treat my kids, I treat my students. It's- and I think that's very powerful. And we'll leave them with that. Thank you for listening. Again, Thank take you. it. Leave it, love it, hate it. The one point is, you were listening. Miss B, hopefully we'll have you back here on See Me After Class. class. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. L, for the invite. We'll see you all later. Bye.